today changes my whole entire life. Welcome to Gridability, a podcast about the power of perseverance, overcoming seemingly insurmountable odds to attain the life of your dreams. I'm your podcast host, Adam Clausen, and with me in the studio today is the beautiful, gorgeous, ever-radiant Ro Clausen. Wow, what an intro. Thank you. Hi, guys. It's been a while, I feel like. It's, it's nice to be back. Way too long. Nice, busy few weeks. Yes. A great couple of weeks. We got a lot to talk about today. I'm really, <laughs> I'm excited to talk about this, everything that we have lined up today. But I know that you want to give a disclaimer before we get started. I do. And I love how you laughed when you said that you're excited to talk <laughs> about this. Like I won't be, but I think that we're, I think we might have differing, slightly differing views on a couple of things on this one, which I didn't think that, I don't know if you would think that. Anyway, so disclaimer really quick. If you're very sensitive and you don't like to talk about things like weight or bodies or fitness and being in shape and getting out of shape, then this is not the episode for you. You want to click off and come back on the next one. Um, Can I add this? Go ahead. Um, grit ability, right? We talk about grit ability being a skill. If you're someone who thinks that you're a little soft and offend easily, maybe you should stick around and develop a little bit of grit. Well, that's true because it comes from being in uncomfortable situations. That's right. True. Okay. Now, point number two, before I let you take back over, is that Adam has been with me through many different, dif different, <laughs> different, um, I'll say iterations of my own physique. I was, I think like 95 or a hundred pounds being prescribed diet pills by some bogus doctor, <laughs> completely addicted. And I looked, I mean, I'm saying this for me, I looked awful at that point. We've been together when I had a baby, when I tried different diets and they didn't work and I gained some weight and I lost some weight and I was postpartum. I mean, every single tiny all the way to not feeling good in my own body. And you've told me multiple times a day, every day for the past almost 15 years that I'm beautiful. So I want everybody to hear that and hear the words that are coming out of Adam's mouth. It's not that he has this like ideal Victoria's Secret model, you know, woman in his head that everybody has to look like. We were more talking about observations that we've noticed over the past couple of weeks that we just want to have adult conversations and talk through. So again, if you don't like controversial topics or if this is something that offends you, you're probably not on the right podcast anyway, as Adam said, but maybe, so either one, you know, if this is triggering or whatever for you, click off. But number two, maybe you do want to stick around and try to develop a little more grit. Love the way that you frame that. And, you know, I feel like certain things have become normalized right? And it's just, it's become normal to be extremely sensitive and to say, I'm not comfortable talking about this, so we're just not going to talk about it. And I don't think that's a good thing, right? I think we need to have these discussions. And I think that everyone needs to be able to express whatever they feel without fear of reprisal, right? Too many people are worried about being canceled now and 
you know, the whole cancel culture. And especially when you get into hot button topics like what we're talking about today, body image, um, you know, people are very quick to respond. So enough with all the disclaimers. Uh, what I do want to talk about, I always like to start with wins and shares, right? Starting on a positive note. And I want to acknowledge our friend Lori, who has been absolutely killing it. She committed herself to, to her fitness routine, and we've had some conversations, uh, but it's all been relatively from a distance, but it's been her commitment, her consistency. So I want to acknowledge her and applaud her on that for staying committed, for doing the work, and for making our podcast part of her motivation, her daily inspiration while she's out there getting it. She's like her, she's a self-proclaimed our PR team, pretty much. <laughs> she's amazing. Lori, we love you. And yes. we have to text her and see if she wants to go to Dorian's class with me tomorrow. Yes, let's do it. Dorian Wormsley, um, previous guest on our show, does a Saturday morning boot camp. We'd love to get out there and get it in. Um, always looking for a novel challenge, right? And that's really the key to, to staying motivated and being consistent in doing something. And I want to preface it by saying this, not <laughs> don't go in thinking that, well, I can just do something. Again, if that's your thinking, you're on the wrong channel because we're about challenge. We're about perseverance, like really pushing yourself, testing your limits, doing those things that you don't necessarily want to do. And when people say, well, you just got to show up. Listen, I'm not about that. I don't believe that. I believe if you're just showing up, you're doing yourself and anybody else who's in that space, you're doing them a disservice. Like you're taking up space. You shouldn't even be there. Like if you're going to go and you're going to do it and you want to commit to something, go all in. Like, give it your full effort. Challenge yourself. Make sure that you get the maximum benefit and return from it. And the reason we are here today is because we live that way. So if you need a reason, you know, um, or some sort of inspiration to start pushing yourself to that next level, know that. Like, we would not be here. We would not be living the life that we're living if we both did not have that same mindset and that ability to push through when things get challenging. And I just want to clarify, that doesn't mean that every single time you step into the gym or do whatever, you know, we're going to make this fitness based right now workout that you do, it's going to be your best workout or you're going to PR, meaning you're going to get a personal best personal record, right? Because there are plenty of workouts that I've gone into. And number one, I didn't want to be at the gym. Number two, maybe it was like a weird hormonal day or something. And it was not my best workout, but that doesn't mean I didn't give it my all and push while I was there. It just means that maybe today I didn't do my best, but I sure as hell tried. Yeah, I appreciate that clarification, definitely. Um, one of the other things that I want to mention going into this was all of the research that there is that exists at this point. Now, when I started, uh, my pursuit of really like as much knowledge as I could gain around fitness, around nutrition, around everything health and wellness related, there was still limited research going back to 2000, like when I started my journey. 
Um, and what happened over the years was it, it was really driven by professional sports, the NFL in particular. What happened is you have college athletes coming out of D1 programs, right? And those programs produce insane amounts of money for these universities. So the universities seen that this capital is there, this money, this pathway to the pros, um, and, and all of the funding that's coming in, they start designing sports labs, science labs around performance, not only performance psychology, performance nutrition, um, the journal of strength and conditioning at that time was like, that was the pinnacle. Like if you could get published in that, which was a quarterly publication, which was very thin, like you, you had made it like you were contributing to this space. Well, what happened is as this money pours in, in these universities, these D one schools that have these top tier college football programs start developing these labs the research starts pouring out. And now all of this anecdotal evidence, much of it going back to the early days of bodybuilding and you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and all those guys who were on Muscle Beach, you know, that had translated over into the gym to, to weight training. Now all of a sudden there's this research on performance-based results. And these labs start producing all this and it changes the landscape because now it becomes evidence-based. Like there's research saying, okay, if you want to increase your vertical jump, right? Like this is one that's uh, post-activation potentiation, right? I, I recall this from when it was published in the journal. I'm like, how do I use this? You're sounding real nerdy right now. I, I can get it's real nerdy. Sexy. When it, oh, <laughs> I love it. So post activation potentiation the study was it was either a one or three rep max squat followed by a max vertical jump what they found was was that max overload on the squat allowed the individual to then after a set precise recovery period to achieve their maximum vertical jump now why is that important it's important because college athletes going into the NFL combine, the number one predictor of performance is their vertical jump of explosive power and athleticism. So if you can get a quarter or a half inch extra in your vertical leap, you're talking about not only a position in, in the draft, but you're talking about millions of dollars at stake. And you know what that, uh, to the layperson me that's hearing that, why that's important to me is that shatters any myths. Like in my head, I'd be like, oh my God, after squatting like that, you're gonna have me jump. I'm gonna be so tired. You know, everything's gonna be depleted out of my body. There's no way I'm gonna be able to get a max, what was it called? Max what jump? Max vertical. Vertical jump. Yep. So, to and this, I don't know why we're going down this road. Like this is so far off of where we thought we were going or I no, thought no. we were going today. We're still going there. But this brings me back to the conversation we were having in the car the other day. Maybe that's why I thought about it, about ultramarathon runners. Mm, yes. Yes. But, but, but before we take that turn, the reason why I bring up the research is because, you know, for decades it was anecdotal. 
like people said, well, if you do this, you're going to get this result. There, there wasn't any science behind it. The fact of the matter is there is so much, there is overwhelming science now to support different types of training, different nutritional practices in order to achieve performance, physical performance. And with that, when a person is at peak physical, physical performance, we know that their body is functioning optimally. And what I'm going to say is, regardless of um, the aesthetic, right? So as not to confuse the two, performance and aesthetics, that that individual is doing amazing things with their body. They're fulfilling their potential, right? So I preface all of it for two reasons. One, to say that this is all research-based at this point, right? So it's not, this isn't speculation and it's not, you know, people just making stuff up. No, there's, there's specific studies that have been done. Me, I'm always looking, how do you take that research? Because I would take that study and I'm like, okay, I'm in prison. Like, I don't really, like, how does that relate to what I'm doing and working with guys and things that I'm writing for other people on the outside? Like, how does this translate? What am I going to do with this information? Make the calendar, make the guys look good <laughs> so they can be in the calendar. Come on. Yes. So there, that's the other side, the aesthetic side, right? I was always concerned with making sure that individuals also attain not only optimal performance, but optimal aesthetic return because damn, if you're going to put in all that time and energy, don't you want to look good, right? Like you want to be able to look in the mirror and see the result. And anyone who tells you that they don't care what they look like is full of shit. Everyone cares how they look like, and we can dress that up in different ways. We can put on different clothes to make us feel better. But ultimately, in my opinion, it comes down to how do you feel when you look in the mirror, when you don't have the clothes on that somehow hide what's underneath? Like you need to be confident in yourself and whatever it takes to get to that point, to know that your body is functioning optimally, right? Like you perform well, you feel good, and two, you look good. Like those things go together, right? So when we try and separate those, and the reason we're coming now full circle is because there are so many people in today's society who are trying to normalize being grossly overweight, being untrained, meaning they're not properly utilizing their bodies. So when they need to use their bodies, they can't. And God forbid something happens to where I look at it this way. If you and I are someplace and something happens, we have CJ with us, like, am I in a position to make sure that we are safe, right? And if I'm not, that's on me. Like, I'm not in the shape or condition that I need to be in for life. Yeah, and I mean, something a little bit less major than what you're talking about was when we were flying home from the Midwest a couple weeks ago, and there was this man running through the airport, and the only reason I took notice of him was because yep. he was, obviously they were late for their plane, 
Mom was still in the back with a couple kids coming through security. They probably got flagged for something, so she's stuck there. Dad takes off running to stop the plane that they're going to miss, and they had a toddler that made it through, and he's running after Dad. He can't catch up with Dad. He's crying by himself, and a couple of women, thank God, that were standing there went and helped get the little toddler back to his mom. Only reason I noticed this was going on because I see the toddler myself. So dad is extremely out of shape, like trying to hold his pants that are falling off up. And I turned to Adam and I was like, this is why we train. Like, this is why we stay in shape. This is why we do the crazy things that people are like, what are you training for? We're training for life, right? Because if I was stuck at security and I knew that you were running through the airport to go stop a plane, nothing inside me would think, God damn, he's never going to make it there. You know, because you are, and I'm not, <laughs> I don't know if I'm making a, my point, but definitely, that's why we train, right? Train for life. Listen, the other one, and I don't know if I've told this story on here before, when we ran out of gas. Yeah. Did I tell that story here? Oh, I don't know. I was just saying, yes, I remember uh, the story. I don't think you have. Oh, my. You told it off air, but it's a good one. Listen, and this is completely my bad, right? We were on our way to the airport to pick my mom up, right? The gaslight dings, and we look at it, and we're like, oh, man, we're already late. Like, as soon as we pick her up, we'll go get gas. So when you disengage that, it's not going to... It's not going to ding. It's not going to come back on that, al that alarm for the gas until you start the car back up. So when we pull up and we pick her up, you know, a passenger pickup, the car never turns off. Get out, pick up her stuff, put her in. And of course, you know, as soon as mom gets in the car, we start talking and we're cruising home. It's night. And although it's not East Coast cold, it gets cold enough at night up here, right? And we're all the way up in the northwest so it's a little bit colder a few hundred feet extra up there we're cruising down the highway and i know it as soon as i hit the gas and the car doesn't respond oh shit i man we're right we ran out of gas i have never run out of gas in my life and thank god we're on 215 we're in like the middle lane i'm able to get over get us to the shoulder and what's going through my mind is I have my mother, my wife, and my son, the most important people in the world, in the car, on the side of the road, in the cold. The car is out of gas. It cannot run, right? So there's no heat. And I'm like, oh my God, I need to hop out of this car as quickly as I can, close the car, make sure that the, there's enough body heat in here so that they're going to be okay. And I need to get to a gas station on foot as quickly as possible to get gas, get back here and make sure that they're all right. Because listen, I'm not counting on AAA or somebody else to show up because it might take a couple hours and we don't have a couple hours. So what do I do? I look, I know where we are. I'm like, man, uh, let's get it. And I took off running. I took off running literally on foot, ran a little over a mile to get to the gas station. Thank God they had a can there. I get the last can. It's a defective can at that. But I'm like, listen, like make it work, right? Fill it up, get the gallon and a half, two gallons of gas, whatever it is in this little can. And now I've got to run with a full gas can in the dark back up to the highway another mile back to make sure that you guys are all right. And the whole time it's going through my mind, oh my God, they're on the side of the road. There's no lights. Like this is a bad situation. And I have totally, I totally messed up. This is entirely on me. I got to make this right. And what's going through my mind is this is why we train.
This is why we do it. And I got back and jammed that thing in there, filled it up with gas as quick as I could, throw it back in the car, and we take off and we get to the gas station. It wasn't until we got to the gas station and I was able to, you know, fill up the car with gas and we were okay, where I like took a breath and was like, okay, now that it's okay, I'm like, God damn, man, I messed up, but thank God I am equipped, I am capable of taking care of my family and fixing that situation and not having to rely on somebody else to come save the day. What's funny too is when you got out of the car on the side of the highway, there was like a hill and a patch of grass and a fence. And I watched you go down to the fence and your mom's going, oh God, oh no, like thinking you're going to get hurt, right? In my head, that was not my first thought because I was like, Adam's kind of fence or two in his day. But number two, like I knew you were in shape and you were going to be fine. And I watched, I watched you watch, like look, assess the situation and see that at the end of the fence, it opened up and you could go through. But my first thought wasn't like, he can't get over the fence. He's going to get hurt. Cause I know you're in shape the same way you're saying. My first thought was, oh shit, he's on paper. It's dark. He's climbing a fence. Like I, I know that's where my mind goes. Those are my worries. But yeah, mm-hmm. we were fine on the side of the road. Everything was fine, but. That's why we train for life. That's why we train. That's what it's all about. You know, there's a quote, and I think that this is a good segue. Um, Hard times produce strong people. Strong people produce good times. Good times produce weak people. Weak people produce bad times. Bad times produce strong people. That being the cycle, right, of just as economics, but of life. And we become complacent. And I feel like we are in that era where we have had good times for so long. Like even now, um, like inflation hasn't really hit home. Like we haven't had a depression type era. Uh, What we just went through, you know, with um, with uh, a pandemic, with a financial quote unquote crisis, the banking collapse, like all of those things, none of them was long lasting. They were all very brief. The stock market has rebounded. Everything's happened very quickly. So generations now have not really endured those tough times. So unless individuals are really challenging themselves. Life is not set up at this point to create the challenge that is needed to produce strong people. Mm. That's a reality. Like, and, and that's not, you know, I, I don't mean that as a knock against anyone. It's great that we are living in this era because it gives us access. It gives us the opportunity to advance, to become smarter, to focus on higher level attainment as opposed to having to work in, worry about our lower level needs being met. But it's really, it's going to be those individuals who are willing to stay outside of societal norms and challenge those beliefs to ensure that good times persist. I love that. So talk to me about the girl you saw walking into the gym. Mm. Okay. So the girl walking into the gym the other day, interesting, right? Because we've had to 
And, and this speaks to our commitment, right? Our son now is two years old, just turned two. And we need to figure out how we fit our fitness into our daily routine or continue to make it a priority. And when we want to train in the gym by our home, in order to do that, one of us needs to stay with our son and the other gets to go inside. So we design workouts around that, right? And we get creative and it's cool. And the other one gets to stay outside. So their recovery is an active recovery, walking with him around that area while the other one's inside the gym doing, generally it's a heavy lift. I mean, that's, that's what we use that gym for most of the other things we can do outside. So when we're in there doing that, the other person's outside and the other day, that's, that's what's happening. I'm outside. I'm making my lap around, got it pretty much timed. I know you should be coming out. And I look down the walkway cause I'm on the front of the building and I see this woman and the term I used is lumbering. You know what I mean by lumbering? She's a young woman, by the way. She was a young woman, but she didn't look young, right? The way she was moving was not how a young woman should move. And what I saw, and I'm not talking about her aesthetic, I'm saying the way her body was moving, you could see like the energy, the energy sucked. And she's carrying a water bottle. And I look at her clothes and I'm like, those look like gym clothes. She's got a water bottle. She's moving towards the gym. God, tell me this woman's not going to the gym because whatever she's getting ready to go in there and do, like she needs to turn around and go home, get her shit together because you don't walk into the gym that way. Like, don't bring that. I hate when people bring that kind of energy into any room, but especially not into that place, right? If you're going to come in there to do the work, like come ready to do the work. So she's lumbering up the walkway and I'm like, oh God, I, I don't even want her in there with us. Right. And I come around, I park, you know, CJ and I are just outside the door waiting for you. She goes in, she doesn't say anything to me. I'm like, okay. You come out and you get me and you're like, you're up. And I'm like, did you see her that just walked in? And you're like, yeah, she's on the bike. And I'm like, on the bike. Okay. So I go in and I go back to the weights and <laughs> she's on the recumbent bike, right? Does everyone know what the recumbent bike is? Why don't you explain? Just Why don't I case? explain? The recumbent bike is where you sit down your feet are extended out in front of you so you can get comfortable. You're basically in a chair. You're in a lounge chair where you can adjust it. And, you know, and yes, you can adjust the tension so it can become a little bit more difficult. A recumbent bike was meant to be a rehabilitative device, right? To ease back into things. It's not part of your workout. If you're on the recumbent bike as part of your workout, please step it up. Come on challenge yourself unless you're rehabbing and she was Inle not rehabbing. unless you're rehabbing yeah. and she clearly was not rehabbing so she's on the recumbent bike there is no resistance on it how do i know that because i'm watching i'm always gauging level of resistance i don't care how much weight you you can or cannot lift like i'm gonna look at your effort and we were close close like our weights were set up in front of her to the point where i was like oh my god when i bend over to squat my butt's gonna be in this poor woman's face yeah it was a little we bit, were close we were that close yeah so you could see how she had it set 
So she had it set, no resistance, feet just kind of going around and she's looking up at the TV and I'm like, why are you here? Like, what's the purpose? Who told you just go to the gym? As long as you're going, you're doing something and that's enough. Whoever's telling people that, stop telling them that shit. You're giving them bad advice. Well, that and I don't, I don't blame her. I blame that person that told her she needed to be there because clearly she didn't want to be there. Somebody told her she had to be there, right? And listen, I've had points in my life where I hated the gym. I didn't want to go or... I've been the girl that had no idea what I was doing. I don't, I used to go downstairs in my basement and I would do calf raises for hours because in my, um, what word am I looking for? In my just naive mind, I thought that's how I would thin out my thick legs. I had no idea what I was doing. So the person that told this woman that she just needed to go to the gym because whatever it is, she needed to lose weight. Her doctor said she was gonna, you know, be predisposed to whatever condition that they were worried about, or her trainer told her just go in and ride the bike for whatever whatever it is, I blame them. Because there are thousands of other things that this woman could have done that she genuinely enjoyed that she could have burned probably more calories at this point and enjoyed it so she went back because there's only a certain amount of times that she's going to belabor is that what you said her on her lumber lumber on her way into the gym before she gives up and hates every second of it and nobody should put themselves in the position you might as well be on the couch enjoying yourself yeah in quote enjoying yourself if that's what she considers enjoying but if i were that trainer or i'm not a doctor but if i were in the position to give her that advice, I would say like, what do you enjoy doing? Do you like dancing? Dance, if you like dancing, put on some music, close the door, close the blinds if you're embarrassed, if someone's gonna look in your window and dance your heart out for 20 minutes. Cause that's hard as hell. Do something you enjoy and then do it again and then do it again. And that's what's gonna get you in better shape. Agreed, definitely. You gotta find that thing that you enjoy to keep you coming back. But at the same time, it's got to be balanced with those things that you do not like to do. And I talk about burpees all the time. I still don't like burpees. I've done tens of thousands of burpees. And I've gotten to a point where pretty good at them. I'm not like some people. Some people are like burpee masters. They can do all sorts of crazy stuff. That's not me. But I keep doing them because I know the results. I know the benefit of doing them. The other thing I want to add in here is the weight. To think that, and this comes back to where, well, you're just, you need to do something. Something if, for a lot of people is, well, I'll take a walk around the block. That's not what we're talking about. That's not enough. It's not enough. That's not going to help you, right? Like you have to do some things that are going to challenge you cardiovascularly. And you also need to do weighted movements because again, here comes the research, right? Like in order to maintain bone density, as you get older, you have to do weighted movements. You have to stress the body in that way in order to maintain the muscle mass that we work so hard to attain from a younger, from a young age, all the way up through adulthood. If you want to maintain that and stay active and healthy throughout the remainder of your life, you have to lift weights. You have to do things that continue to challenge those muscles. If you do not, they will atrophy. And also, my dear women that are listening to this, osteoporosis is a serious problem, especially nowadays with our food having so 
many less nutrients than it did in the past because of our soils mm. being depleted. And one main way to decrease your risk or even like eliminate your risk of getting osteoporosis is by lifting weights and creating that bone density. Mm. And for people who think that lifting weights is not taxing on your heart as well, man, you haven't been doing it right. You're not challenging yourself, man. Go do some heavy squats. We did, what do we do? 15 rep sets yesterday of heavy squats. Man, my favorite used to be, we used to do five rounds of 20 rep sets, right? With a two minute rest in between, which is a pretty short rest for anybody who's used to being on the clock. You do 20, like, man, you're gonna be, you're gassed, you're done. It not only takes all of your energy, all of your strength, but man, you're huffing and puffing because those big muscles require a ton of energy, right? So don't think that you can avoid the weights. You need the weights. And you want to do those other things that are fun, that get you excited about coming to the gym. Mix those things together. So you do a little bit of what you don't want to do, do a lot of what you really like to do, and hopefully get better at because as you get better at things, you're more motivated to do them, right? So keep doing those things and constantly challenge yourself. And I promise you that you are going to see the results, not only in your daily physical performance, you know, the way that you respond to life, but you're also going to see an aesthetic change because we are meant like, we, genetically inherently like we are meant to move and work our bodies and when we see those results like it's going to inspire you to keep going so were you done with your thought yes so when we leave <laughs> when we leave the gym when we take turns with the baby and working out Typically, we reward the baby because, you know, it's hard for him to sit in his stroller for that long while we're going in and out having fun. So we reward him because we'll take and we'll take him to the pool. So that day we leave the gym and we stroll him over to the pool. And Adam, what did you see at the pool? Oh, my God. There was boobs everywhere, but not where they should be. There Please was, elaborate. There were boobs on young men. And yes, there's a problem with that. There is a problem with that. And I looked at the parents and I hold the parents accountable. George was like, I'm cut boobs everywhere. I'm coming to your pool. What are you talking about? <laughs> Tell the parents about just don't drink milk, kids. I drank way too much milk as a kid. I, I had man tits. But it, not yeah, it was not that kind of pool party. So, <laughs> but he, here's the thing, right? I looked at the parents and the children looked. They reflected the parents, right? And what did they have? They ordered a bunch of pizzas. They had sodas. They're all around the pool. They're hanging out and quote unquote, having a good time, right? The difference is for us, we were having a great time. We had just Except finished. for all the freaking Capri Sun that was in the pool. I was grossed <laughs> out, but yes. We, we were having a great time having just come from the gym feeling like on a natural high because we just worked out hard. So our endorphins are going. And side note, uh, for all mental health people, exercise is 1.5 times more 
more efficient, more effective at addressing mental health, improving mental health than medication. Exercise is one and a half times more effective. Like, why are we not doing that? We have a mental health crisis. So we're looking good. We're feeling good. I don't feel any kind of way taking my shirt off at the pool, but I felt some kind of way for the poor kids who were clearly not taking good care of themselves. And I don't think they were fully confident in it. I think a lot of times when we walk in, like people see us and they start to, they respond differently because I, I think sometimes we make them a little bit insecure. And for those of us who are, uh, you know, a lot of times, go ahead. No, I wasn't going to say anything. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I think that makes some people uncomfortable, but we were having a great time. They were supposedly having a good time at the pool, passing around the bottle, you know, taking shots of tequila right out the bottle, eating pizza. I mean, it was a pool party, but they're with the kids too. And what I took note of was how those children looked, acted so much like those parents and how intentional we are with our son about bringing him to the gym, exposing him to this, seeing what healthy looks like, like it's our response. It is my responsibility as a father to model what that should look like. And I'll, although I'm going to say I didn't have that, as an adult, I know that that's my responsibility. And for anybody that's thinking like, how dare you comment on those parents? Well, how dare people, how many comments do we get about what we're exposing our son to? And we don't let him have fun and all of this stuff. Like I'm telling you, we reward him with the pool because if you tried to reward him with a cookie, he would, he could care less. Like that's the way that we're raising him. What's wrong with that? Like, why is that a problem? He didn't want to leave the park today without quote, doing his pull-ups. Is he actually doing pull-ups? No, he's hanging from rings and putting his knees up, which is amazing. But why are we getting negative comments about that? Good point. Again, because it speaks to people's insecurities. 100%. That's their insecurities. And so you got to ask yourself, why are you feeling insecure about that? Well, and if, if you sorry. see us or hear what we're saying and it's making you uncomfortable, ask yourself, why is that? What's making you uncomfortable about that? Right. And I want to say this because I've been that little girl at the pool and this is going to help me make a point in our next, in the next point we want to cover, right? When I was like a pre-teenage girl, I had put on a lot of weight and I didn't have that example. Like my mom was just very naturally thin. She could care less about food and I took after my father's side. So I remember going to the department store to go get a new bathing suit that year and because in our generation you didn't have like five or ten bathing suits you just had one that you wore until you outgrew it and then you went to the store and you got a new one and I remember I had to get a size I think it was 14 which is I don't know what it is now but it's either the top size that you could get in women's before plus size or it's the first size and plus size I don't remember what it was then and I don't know what it is now but I remember feeling so much shame around that. And I remember going to the pool and not wanting to take a t-shirt off or wearing shorts over that, that bathing suit that I bought. And I wanted it to be different and I wanted to fix it, but I didn't know how. 
And I didn't have, like you said, I didn't have the example of how because my mom just didn't know how. And I guess my dad didn't know how for different reasons. But that's why. That's why we're raising our son like that. I felt that. It's, it was literal shame mm. and embarrassment. And that's terrible. And that our parents didn't, they were not equipped. The research that I talked about at the start of this didn't exist, right? YouTube didn't exist. You can get online and learn anything now, right? Like we have the technology, we have the information at our fingertips that is no longer an excuse. That's why I say it's, for me, it's my responsibility to make sure that I am passing on the right knowledge and setting the right example. Like I'm supposed to be the model, right? I don't want our son to aspire to be someone else. Like I want to set um, the ideal for him of, hey, when I get older, like I wanna be like my dad. I wanna be healthy, I wanna be fit. I wanna be able to do all of those things that he does. And I know that he will. He will, he's gonna know that he's going to think that that is normal because we have been very intentional about normalizing that and insulating him from what unfortunately the rest of society has normalized, which is not the same. Yeah, and I wish I had that, right? Because for me, there's still times where I hate or I, no, I don't hate, I dread the thought of a workout. Once I get there and I get going, I'm good. But even this morning we did it, right? We get to the park where we had planned like a really hard conditioning workout in 105 degrees and we forgot the stroller. So we dr drive home, get the stroller, come back. And I had a, uh, a work situation happened when we had just got back to the park, got the baby in the stroller. I had to go home and fix it. It was something that couldn't wait. So we were leaving and I was like, Oh, it just wasn't meant to be. And you're like, it wasn't meant to be. We're coming back. <laughs> and that was my like easy way out of a workout. Right. But I, and the point is like, I still dread that, but if it was just normal for me and that's all I knew, I don't think it would be dread. It would just be like, that's what you do. That's life. And just to be clear. I did not drag her along. She was more than happy to go. And that's what accountability partners do, right? When one person is not feeling at their best, they pick the other person up, right? That's the ideal. And she does it all the time for me. And in life, not just at the gym, like in life, she picks me up when I need it most. So back at you. So, okay. So were you done with your thought? Yes, but okay. I, I did, I wanted to kind of, before we moved into the one other thing that we did want to talk about. Okay, go ahead, because that's where I was going. I wanted to talk about the, um, as far as attributes, right? And things have just gotten so cloudy as far as gender roles and, you know, what it means to be a man and, and a toxic masculinity, um, Cause I look at our son and he's just all boy. Like he just loves to do boy things. And we encourage that, right? I strongly encourage that. It's not that we're not exposing him to other things, but like 
He's a boy. That's what he's supposed to do. And it's, wait, can I cut you off? Because I have to clarify this. I just have to. It's not like we're like, you're doing something, boy. Keep going. We're encouraging that. <laughs> it's like, you're a little boy with all of this energy, right? And I can attest to this. I had nieces that lived with me. Little girls and little boys, toddler years, very different. Whoa, very different. As well as 13 years old. I think we won the genetic lottery. I'll take the little boy that wants has so much energy. He wants to jump off of the back of the couch. So we just redirect that and we encourage him to do get that energy out in a different way. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like, you have to play with the truck. It, that's not what we're encouraging. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that clarity. It's sad that we have to clarify yeah. that because there are people who are who are going to try and turn what I'm going to say. But I want to go back to just, this is basic human anatomy, right? Men are physically stronger. Physically strong in most cases, right? There's a couple incredibly strong women, and we can touch on those, like... Courtney with her. Courtney doing the Turkish, Turkish getup get up. with a person. Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah, if you haven't seen that, go check it out. What is Courtney's... G-R-R-R-L. At, it's at G-R-R-R-L. Girl, yeah. Listen, go check out this Turkish getup. First of all, Courtney's, Courtney's amazing on so many different levels. Physically, physically incredibly strong. And there's plenty of strong, physically strong women out there. But as far as genders, right? Normally, men are designed to be physically strong, right? That is our role to be strong, to be the protector. Women are designed to have children, right? Like men can't have children. Like I don't care what we do with science at this point. Guys just can't have them, you know what I mean? Like cannot give birth, to clarify. Women, physiologically, like what they go through to be able to give birth is amazing. Like it, it blows my mind. And I am in complete awe of that. In order for a woman to be able to go through that period, you know, of nurturing a child, of actually giving birth, she is going to be vulnerable, right? Would you say that? She oh is God, vulnerable yeah. through that period where she cannot perform, physically perform optimally. That's where a man comes in like, his physical presence is needed. That's how our species has survived, right? Like that's, that's human nature right there. That's how we've survived. That's how we've made it to this point. So men, physical strength dominance. Women have great physical strength as well, but it's in a different way. Like men are meant to be there to protect, I, to, to do all of those things. Go I ahead. have to cut you off and say this. This is coming out of the mouth of a man who literally was doing dishes and folding laundry before we left the house to come here. So you're not saying like you believe in those old school, traditional gender roles. True. Okay. Very true. Just clarifying. No, I, I'm glad, I'm glad that you added that. Yeah. It's not necessarily, it's not about gender roles, but it is about being true to the gender. Like just understanding the science of how we are. There are certain things that men are predisposed to men are better equipped to and it, we, we balance each other out like 100%. that's how we were designed and that's great like we should celebrate that we should not try and like to say that 
Uh, and this is where the toxic masculinity comes in. Like if we're just pushing back against men being men to be strong, to be confident, like we need men to be like that. When I went, when I said that quote, like producing strong men, we should not be ashamed of producing strong men. I want our son to grow up, to be confident, to be strong, to be all of those things that, you know, he aspires to be and not feel ashamed for being confident because that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing people shamed for being confident in who they are. And that's backwards. That doesn't make any sense. And I think that that's the segue into kind of how society, again, has tried to normalize things or, or shape our views like there are other forces at work because we saw some crazy stuff in the store the other day. Well, yeah, and it just so happened, this literally all happened on the same day. So we leave the gym, we go to the pool, Adam's sick of seeing boobs. He's like, let's go, boobs on guys. <laughs> Let me just clarify. And we leave, right? We had to go to the store to get CJ a new swim vest because he's a boy. <laughs> and he was jumping off the side. First time he ever swam, jumping off the side, going under, right? Mommy's petrified. He's choking on water. So we just went to go get him like an upgraded swim vest, right? And we walk into, we were in Target. And I have to say that because Target's all about like being woke and it's, that's a whole different conversation for a different time. And I don't know enough about it to, to speak on it. So I won't book ahead. What'd you see in Target? So we're walking through Target, right? And I notice first thing is the female models, the mannequins. And there are these female mannequins in all shapes and sizes, very clearly plus sizes. And why it caught my attention is I'm like, you have all these young women coming in here and in order to make them feel more comfortable in their plus size, they have created mannequins in all shapes and sizes. And I have to tell you that I do not agree with that. I think it is normalizing unhealthy behaviors, again, because people don't end up, when we were kids, like for boys, there was the husky section, right? Like, and people were like, oh man, dude, you're over in the husky section. Like what's going on? And it wasn't, it wasn't normal. So now we have all of these mannequins, these models that are normalizing these sizes. And I know I got to clarify this. We were at the CrossFit open last year, year before last. Listen, men, women, all different physical sizes, all tremendous athletes and shapes. I'm not talking about a perfect aesthetic of something, but I'm talking about like when people are grossly, if we're promoting people being grossly overweight, that's not, it's not healthy. It's not healthy as a society. That's where we're becoming weak. And that's what I took note of. So I took note of that within the women's section and I'm like, damn, these poor young girls are coming up like they don't know any different. They're thinking this is normal and they're, this is being pushed on them by the media. So that's what they're learning early on 
that, well, you have to love me just as I am and, and just be happy with me this way. And we're not taking their actual health into account. On the other side, we look across the aisle and I look at the men's section and I'm like, what the hell? I was like, how come there's no plus size men? Like, what about all this gender equality and all of this? Like, Target's got all these lean men, but that's not reflective of the society we're living in. So I'm like, see this? Like, there's all sorts of contradictions around and things that do not add up to me where I'm going to question it. Well, yeah. And when you first took note of that, and in my head, I was like, why, why though? But why? Right. And I didn't think about it for a little while, but this afternoon I was thinking about it again. And my initial thought was those bigger size models in the women's section, or I'm sorry, not, I'm sorry, not models, mannequins. They were wider. They were curvier than the normal mannequins we see, but they were still aesthetically pleasing according to societal norms of what a female body should look like to be attractive, right? They were symmetrical. They were curvier in the hips. They had a little bit more of a stomach, right? But they weren't like grossly obese. They didn't have like rolls of flab, right? But how do you recreate that in a man's physique? Because men and women gain weight in different parts of their body. And where women gain weight, a woman's physique is always going to be more aesthetically pleasing overall, right? We're just, we're more beautiful. Agreed. Right? So that was my initial thought. And, and then I thought more about it and here's the thing. Do you think Target, or I believe it was Nike who did the first plus size mannequin? I believe I could be wrong with that. But do you think they care about you feeling good about yourself? They don't give a fuck. Excuse me. What they care about is making money. Okay. So they're going to quote, you're, you think they're trying to make you feel comfortable. They don't care. They're going to sell you that. And they're going to feed you the ads. And they're going to make you think you feel comfortable. They're going to pay the plus size influencers. And think about it. These, what are they called? Like body acceptance influencers. They're not just a little bit overweight. Like oh, the majority of our society is at this point. They're grossly overweight. They're morbidly obese. They're being paid to tell you, right? It's these companies. They're paying them to tell you, I feel great. I went to Zumba class today. I feel amazing. Now I'm going to go eat Kentucky fried chicken because I feel really good about myself. I feel great at this size, right? But when the camera shut off and they're home on their couch and they're looking in the mirror at their body, I don't think they necessarily love themselves the way that they're portraying on social media because again, they're being paid. They're being paid to do it. But you at your a little bit overweight body or maybe just plus size body you're seeing that right and they're being paid to do that you're being fed that in your social media feeds so now you're like i love myself i'm gonna go eat kentucky fried chicken and now 50 pounds down the road you still feel like shit. you don't love yourself and that same company that has the plus size mannequins that's paying this person to do that now they're gonna pitch you diet teas and diet pills and all of this stuff workout equipment because they're all selling that stuff right? Yeah. That's what it boils down to. Nike doesn't give a shit. Target doesn't give a shit. If you feel comfortable in their dressing room, they want to sell you the plus size pants. 
That's it. Because I'm telling you right now, I mentioned that having to buy that size 14 bathing suit for a reason. Had I walked in that store and there was a plus size model, or I'm sorry, I keep saying model, mannequin, I wouldn't have felt any less shame in that dressing room. I still would have kept my shirt on at the pool. I still would have hated my body when I looked in the mirror and a plus size mannequin would not have made me feel any better about myself. Mm. That's it. That's the, I mean, that's the bottom line. The reason we don't see it in the men's section or plus size men models on the runway is because guys aren't marketed to the same way women are marketed to. Well put. It's the truth. That's what it boils down to. And it makes me feel, and this is where I was saying that we might differ on this. It makes me feel so bad for these young girls that are being, it's all manipulation. It's all marketing tactics. And it's really sad because it's the same thing with the gender bullshit. I'm sorry, but it's all somebody's agenda at the end of the day being fed to us through marketing, whether that be through those subliminals in the store that we see through social media, the ads that were being served. That's what it boils down to, in in my opinion. Well, I appreciate your opinion. And I think that's the message that everyone needs to take away from this. Like, look a little bit more closely, man. Question what you are being fed. Question what you are seeing. What's being normalized? Like, is it like intuitively, man, we know, we know, we know when we're not healthy, when we don't feel good about ourselves. And if you're not there, man, do something about it. That's all. That's what we're encouraging you to do. Um, not to feed into all the BS and, and, you know, get in line with what everybody else is doing. Go against the grain. Like, listen, we had, that's how we got here. You know, we had to, had to go the opposite way that everybody else was going and you got to learn to be comfortable in that right and especially when you start doing things differently and you make the people around you uncomfortable you got to do what's best for you you got to keep keep pushing and and keep going in that direction so um i i think we covered a lot of ground um, and as usual, time flies and I want to end it on a, on a high note, positive, which I think you did any positive words in closing, any message that you want to put out to, uh, to anyone that who stayed with us from start to finish. Yeah. I just want to echo what you said about people feeling so insecure about, or I guess maybe like some sort of guilt or shame about feeling confident and putting their best foot forward. And if somebody, and I am, I'm speaking specifically to the young people, if there are young people listening to this, but to everybody, if somebody is making you feel bad about being confident, that is them project, projecting their own insecurities on you because misery loves company and they want you to feel bad about yourself so they can feel better about themselves and fuck them. Well put. And for those of you who have already committed to doing things differently, who've been following along with us, who believe in the power of perseverance, man, we love having you along on this ride with us. It's been another incredible episode of Gridability the power of perseverance, overcoming seemingly insurmountable odds to attain the life of your dreams. I'm Adam Clausen. And I'm Ro Clausen. And today I need the curse jar. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>